0: really know what's going on in other people's you know vineyards and right. what they're doing and uh you know me and pastor brian we've been in a part of a couple of meetings and different things of that nature but we've always said hey man we got to get together we got to come and see what's going on in one another so i'm just glad that you guys to me here tonight i feel such love and such peace Because the word says that that's how the world will know you're my disciples, if you have love one to another. And I just feel such love in this place. So please, boomerang, don't ever change that. Amen. You know, the name, the boomerang, you know, if you throw it out, it comes back to you. Well, just keep on doing that love and you'll just keep on drawing people in. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the throne of grace. Father, we just thank you right now. In the name of Jesus for the spirit of love that is in this place. We thank you, God, for the anointing. God, whatever your men serving is going to bring forth tonight that to teach us and, and open we open our hearts, we open our minds to receive what the spirit has for us tonight and we just thank you we sit on our seats with anticipation expectation of what you're going to do what you're going to say god the holy spirit have your way move right now in the name of jesus and we thank you for in advance and all of god's people said amen
1: amen Amen. thank you brother i thought you were going to tell that other story No. No, (laughs) no, 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 now they want to hear Did I tell you that you were live on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Glad I told you that afterwards. Well, that's awesome. So we're uh, I we're happy to have you. And uh, the Lord just put it on my heart this afternoon. And he said, call up Pastor Brian and say, hey, you want to come church with me? And so I went and I grabbed him and said, come on, let's go. And he said, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'm just I'm glad you got to come hang out with us. And uh, we are very big on us not being the only body. And uh, we are not it. We are not the best body. We're a part of the best body. So that's uh, every week we pray for a different ministry and um it's just uh we're we're happy to have you because you don't just represent you you represent your body and uh let's just pray blessings right now on per- perfecting life so will you come back up here come, let's just Lord, we just thank you, and we pray for the blessing of God to be on Pastor Brian and what he represents. Let his wisdom and the life of God manifest in him in ways that have been beyond what he's ever experienced. Let your anointing overflow. Lord, let your life manifest in new ways. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for help. P- sending people to help him, sending people to be a part of that vision that he has. And Lord, let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We like praying for other parts of our body. So let's, uh, let's turn. We've been talking about humility and grace, and we're going to continue on with that. Let's turn first to uh, James 4, 6. And then we're going to turn to uh, Luke, and Luke chapter 18, but first, James 4:6 it says this, but he gives a greater grace, praise God, and uh, we've talked about this almost every week while we've been talking about uh, humility and grace, and it, this is the context of that. You got a problem, there's a grace that's larger than your problem. You name the problem. Doesn't matter what its name is or how big it appears in your heart and in your mind, his grace is bigger than that problem. However, grace given does not mean grace received. Okay? God gave grace in Jesus... But the word clearly tells us that not everybody's going to receive him. So just because there's a grace that's greater than your problem doesn't mean that you're walking in it or have been walking in it. But it does mean that it's out there available to you already been paid for. It's our job to find out how do we receive that grace. And you don't receive that grace simply by paying for it. Okay, You can't pay a greater price than Jesus paid to give it. What you do, though, is you learn how to walk in the things of God and move into the areas where the grace is already poured out. He says right here, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So in other words, we can walk in pride, we're going to walk straight out of grace. But we can walk in humility... And we're going to walk straight into grace. Into a grace that's greater than anything else. Lots of times I see people, they are constantly, constantly trying to get the things of God and get God's promises to work in their life. But they won't be wrong. Mm-mm, no way. They It was their fault. It's always somebody else. Or they put the responsibility over on God. The problem with that is they're operating in a pride. They're, they're constantly setting themselves in op- opposition to what God has already freely given them. And so, grace given does not mean grace received. Alright? We've got to make sure that we get into the places with the Lord where we are receiving the grace that he has for us. Well, that means we've got to be humble. We got to be operating in humility. That means we got to be willing to be wrong. You know, uh, Pastor Brian and I, the Lord has put a call on our lives to lead people and to shepherd people, right? To minister to people. Generally, He puts people in those positions because they know a few things about the things of God. But just because we're in this position, it don't doesn't mean that we can't be wrong too. Doesn't mean that we can't miss it. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I've missed it several times today. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't always know when I missed it, do I? Do you always know when you miss it? Well, if you did, you'd you'd have some serious psychiatric problems. If you knew you were missing it, but did it anyway. I would, you know, we could introduce you to some special people, you know. (laughs) They have a special jacket just for you. It ties around the back. It's really nice. It looks good, you know. If you know what you're doing wrong and still do it, that's your position. But most people, I've found, they don't know when they're doing wrong. That's where humility comes in. Because without humility and the willingness to be wrong, they'll keep on doing the same wrong things. Thinking that it's right, and the truth is, most of the time in the church, what we'll do is we'll do wrong things and say, it's God. And now the world is being preached to that God is something that he is not, but because of a lack of humility, them operating in pride, now we're actually preaching to the world the wrong thing about the character and nature of God. Humility is so important for a Christian, not just for themselves, but for the people that are around around them. We talked about it several times, that a humble person can change. A humble person, isn't it nice to get around a humble person that's not prideful? and prideful and egotistical. And it's like you're just kind of drawn to those kind of people, right? And then, but you get around a prideful person. They can't be taught anything. I mean, the Lord, I can tell you from experience, I get around somebody who's prideful, the Lord will say, don't even correct them. Right. And we read some verses about that in one of the first few weeks. Don't even try to correct them, because all they're going to do is hate you for trying to correct them. You look at this with the Lord. Look at society right now. The pride of the world basically looks at God and says, don't tell me what to do. I can run my own life. And they hate God because he's trying to give them wisdom and love and truth that will set them free in his word. But they hate God because, of, because pride will turn what was given in love into a hate in that person. So we have to make sure that we stay in humility. And that prideful person, like I said, a humble person will draw people to them and be given to change and to grow, right? But a prideful person pushes away uh, good uh, counsel and it pushes away other people. Well, that's completely anti-Christian. You, you can't be a good Christian doing the right things in a prideful position. And what that means is, we've got to back up and say, Lord, I'm willing for you to rewrite it all. Yeah. And you know what? Not just today, and not just ten years from now, but, I mean, ten years ago, but five years from now. Ten years from now. Hand what we think we know about God back to him again. And say, because here's the thing, right now today where I'm standing, let's say that I got, let's say that I have 80% right and 20% wrong. And I, out of humility, hand everything I think I know over to the Lord, right? Well, let's say that I grow, it probably wouldn't be this big of a percentage, but let's say that I, in that humility, grew to 90% right and 10% wrong. Well, that's a better position, isn't it? But here's the thing, five years from now, ten years from now, if I'm continuing to grow, well now, let's say that I am at that 90% right. Then when I give myself in humility to the Lord, there's there's another 10% that can open up and unlock other revelations that I could not get when I was at the 80. And so if I'm not constantly moving in a place of humility, I'm going to stagnate and I'm going to level out I've got to constantly give the things of God back to him. Let him rewrite and show. Most of the things are going to be correct. But man, I'm telling you, it's just that little percentage of that one revelation you think was 100% God. But it involved a percentage of you and the flesh that can get you all the way off. And now you're preaching and living something that's not God. It doesn't take uh, you know, 90% wrong to make it look wrong. Or act wrong. It only takes 1% or less to be off and not be God. So, for that reason, it's very important for us to humble ourselves constantly, consistently, all the time, move in a humility towards God. Why? Because that way he can constantly rewrite out the things that were wrong in our lives, and he can constantly add to the things that are right and make us more and more like Christ. So here's an interesting story. Let's look. It's going to be Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. And let's look first, though, at 14 and look at the second part of that verse in Luke eighteen fourteen, at the second half, it says this, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I want to be exalted because we're not just talking about exalted by the earth. Then we're talking about being exalted by God. Well, that's an exaltation that you want to have happen. Doesn't that sound good? Well, let's look now at what it takes to get into that place where God is exalting you. And let's look at verse 9. And he told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. So he was telling this parable to a certain kind of person. Now, and look at what that kind of person is. They trusted in themselves. And they, they trusted that they were righteous. And they viewed others with contempt. Now let's just look at that verse right there. Here's what they were doing. They were going through life, and they were doing... Do you think that the people that he was talking to, do you think that they had the majority of stuff that they were doing wrong? I would say probably not the majority. Probably they were doing the majority right, I would say. Matter of fact, it gives us a list in just a minute. But here's what they did. They didn't trust in God for their righteousness. They trusted in themselves for their righteousness. They trusted that I'm doing things right. And this story right here, man, this story kind of, it gets to me. It, 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 it's not I won't say it scares me, but it gets my attention. It sobers Brian up because I used to be this guy that it's getting ready to talk about. I was this guy. I remember one uh, conversation I was getting all over, and I was talking, I was raised, you know, Southern Baptist, and, and uh, I worked to have, you know, do some things right. And I can remember one conversation I was having with a friend of mine, and they were Catholic. And I, I wasn't necessarily outright coming out and saying what was I thought was wrong with the Catholic Church, but it wasn't far off from it. It wasn't far off from it. And at one point, my friend, and this was about, I was about 17 or 18 at the time. And at one point, my friend said, Do you even know what the apostles' doctrine is, or the apostles, I think it was the apostles' creed. Do you even know what the apostles' creed is? Do you even know what we believe? And I was like, uh. And the answer was no, I did not. But I thought I knew all this stuff. I thought that my righteousness that I was trying to live in, I trusted in that more then I trusted in God. And come to find out when she, you know, I, I went and looked it up and I got a hold of it and read through it. And when I read it, I thought, my goodness, if somebody does all this stuff and they actually mean it with their heart, they're a better Christian than I am. And I found out I didn't know everything I thought I knew. And that's continued on from that 18-year-old to now, uh, you know, into the 40s. Every, every few years... Every few years I figure out, I didn't know five years ago what I thought I knew. And so what I've learned is, I might as well walk in a constant state of humility instead of thinking I know something. It'd probably be better to think I just don't know something. Because God will exalt you. If you know something and you can be a benefit, he will put you in front of people and he will tell you what to say and when to say it and it will have an effect. You don't have to go around saying, Miss Dixie, did you know what I know? Do you know? Do you know all the stuff that I could, I got some revelation, girl, I could pour out on you. I don't have to go do that because what will happen is if you follow the leading of the Lord, he'll lead you somewhere, and then all of a sudden he'll say, say this to Lee. Say this to that Lee. (laughs) Say this to Seth. I don't have to go around trying to exalt myself or trusting in my knowledge or my righteousness. I just trust in God. I go after him with humility and with everything I have, and he will put me where I need to be, and he will tell me what I need to say. How many? How many of y'all? I know that y'all, you know, we're this this evening we got a bunch of people on vacation tonight, and we got an event over here, and the stuff going everywhere. So it's even a lower crowd than normal. But here's here's the question: How many of y'all have ever been listening to a message? And I, I hear this all the time. And and your thought is Brian needs to get that microphone out of my house, right? Because he's reading my mail, right? I hear it all the time. Okay. Like, you know, Brian, you need to back up off of me, all right? I'm like, I'm just preaching. I don't know anything about what you're going through. Half the time, I don't know any of that stuff. But here's what I know. How to hear from the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you will humble yourself to God, He'll show you what to say and make you look a lot smarter than you actually are. But you can't trust in yourself more than you trust in Him. You just have to trust in what God's doing and who he is. These people that he was talking to says they trusted in themselves that they were righteousness. In other words, their actions began to be the place of pride. Their actions and what they did and what they thought they knew began to be something that tried to exalt itself above God in their hearts. And then it basically says here, and they viewed others with contempt. So let's see what happens here. He says, uh, Jesus says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and one, the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithe of all that I get. Now, see, we look at that and we go, "Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad." But have you ever been standing? And I've done this, and and actually, this has been something the Lord's been talking to me about again recently, making sure that I do not have this attitude. I heard somebody preaching on these verses a few months ago, and man, the Holy Spirit's been just reminding me, "Don't be this guy." And and so, have you ever th- been sitting there and you've seen somebody and? and They say something, and you got a revelation on that particular issue that's higher than that. And you're like, God, thank you, Lord, for taking me out of that, you know. Be very mindful at that place. Because right there is where contempt can start to build up for other people. You know, it's right. It's generally not that right to talk about this kind of stuff in general, but like last night, Sherman and I were somewhere, and we saw somebody do something that, spiritually speaking, wasn't wrong. And on the way home, the Lord asked me to talk about that as an example to show Sherman a principle, a spiritual principle, right? Well, I'm I'm even now at this point even uncomfortable almost doing that. I want to make sure that God said to do that. Because anything that looks like this, pointing your finger at somebody else, Mm -hmm. is close to this guy that we're talking about here. And ultimately what happens is that guy's going to get humbled and he's going home unjustified. I want to be justified. How about you? And that means I've got to watch when I start pointing the finger. I can look at things and I can learn. Jesus told parables and he showed how people did one thing one way or one thing another. And he showed them in order that we can learn. But the moment that we start thinking, I know it better. I know more. And there's something I don't, and maybe it's worldwide, but it's definitely in our American society that's constantly saying, well, I know more than that person, or I I might not be up there with them, but I'm definitely above average. Right? And that, you, you are heading in a wrong place when you start looking that way. That's what kills denominations. That's what kills churches. That's where love dwindles away. You know why? Because all of a sudden they're outside of grace because they're operating in pride. They put themselves in in opposition to God. You know, one of the things that I've seen over time is this. I have seen uh, churches that would get great revelation from God. I mean, revival come to a place and just God show up. And then all of a sudden, uh, you have to watch that because it's not too long after that. It's great to have a move of God, but it's our responsibility to keep the right heart in the midst of it and after it. Because it's real easy for the flesh to go that was us. We had God in our midst. Were you there? Oh, you weren't there. <laughs> you should have been there. And before you know it, you're straight up in pride. And what are you straight out of? Grace and then you go down the and it says the one who exalts himself will be humbled and you go down the road you find yourself humbled and go my goodness how did i get here i was with god how am i here because you were not proactively seeking to be humble i'll tell people and this you know the word says to be aware of the devil's schemes be aware of his ways right Be wise about them. You see somebody have a big moment, right? I mean, a big moment in Christ and big revelation and preach. You know when the best time is for a a preacher to mess up? After they just preach the greatest message they ever preached. Because they walk out of that knowing that it did something. Have you found that to be true? (laughs) Another time is when you have your greatest breakthrough. Man, you're praying for something miraculous, and it happens. All of a sudden, human nature, the flesh nature, not, not God's human nature, but the flesh nature, the corrupted flesh nature, man, it just grabs a hold of that, and it gives us the big head. And here's the thing, you can know. I, I remember one time, this wasn't too long ago, I, I remember thinking, I, uh, all right, I just had a big win. Oh, praise God, big win." And I remember thinking right at that moment, Brian, don't get the big head. Don't, don't get in pride. Be humble. It wasn't two or three weeks later I found myself in a situation. I'm like, why am I in this situation? And the Holy Spirit said, because you got a big head. You got in pride. Now here I am thinking, don't do that. And yet I still got there. And so the point is, no matter what you're doing, you've got to always remember to go into humility. You don't know everything there is to know. We, Sherman and I were talking about last, last night, one of the things we were saying is, shut up. Be quiet. Don't just talk for the sake of talking. There's a lot of wisdom in just being quiet. Shut your mouth. I want to say it about 50 more times in different ways. People, people will say, you know, things that they just shouldn't say. And, and yet you can have some people, they'll just be quiet. And man, people be like, man, he's wise. <laughs> She's wise. And, and they ain't said nothing. They hadn't let any revelation go. They just were quiet. Well, that's Godliness. Jesus never said anything that he didn't hear the Father say. How much more do we not need to not say anything unless we hear God say it? If, if, if it was good enough for Jesus to not say anything, for sure we, with corrupted flesh, need to keep quiet. We just need to be quiet. Don't say stuff. And you know what? It, it's weird and it, it's kind of like this. Our society's so used to filling the gaps that when there's not any anybody filling the gaps, we all get uncomfortable. But you know what? It's that still, small voice that God comes with. And a lot of times, we need to just be quiet. You know, we're a society that doesn't know how to hear from God because we don't know how to humble ourselves and just be quiet. You know, when you're praying with God, a lot of people say, I just can't hear from God. It's like, did you give him an opportunity to say something? Amen. Or were you just praying the whole time? <laughs> well, Lord, I love you. And I need this and this and this and Lord would you work on this person and oh my goodness and, and I need some help, you know, in this area too and da 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 Well, amen, I gotta go to work now. I just don't know why God's not talking to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fellowship is a relationship. It's not a one way it's not a one way battle. Yeah. It's it's communication. It's back and forth. It's fellowship between two entities. But see, this is goes back to humility. Humility that knows how to just sit. You know, there's a bunch of times in churches in the early nineteen hundreds where they would just sit and wait on God and God show up. The Quakers, for instance. You know why they were called Quakers? Because the power of God would come in there and they'd start to quake under the power of God. That's why they were called. I mean, they were so, it was so real, they would start to shake. They couldn't, I mean, so in other words, God showed up in such a way that physically their physical bodies could not handle it without shaking. But you know what a lot of times they would do? They would just sit there in quiet, 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, and just wait on God. I would say this generation's lost that. You don't see that kind of stuff anymore. We need to get back to it. When the Lord says do that, that's what we need to do. We've had some times where we've done that here. In this society, we're so used to input and constant input all the time, we go about five minutes and everybody's getting real itchy. you know. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. You've got to stop. You've got to quiet your mind. This is all going back to humility. People want the reality of God, but they don't want to quiet their brain and their flesh enough to actually experience him. Are you humble enough to put your mind on Paul's and wait on God? The tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. Now, if you're in Christ, you're no longer a sinner. But you are a person that still needs Christ. That still needs his mercy and his grace poured out. And it still needs to be, you still need to be reverent to God. Instead of, Lord, thank you. You know, it's right for you to praise God for revelation that he's given you and and power to walk out of a situation. It's right for that kind of stuff for you to give glory. But the moment that you start giving glory to God for that and what you're really doing is praising the level that you're at, that's where pride comes in. That's where pride comes in. You have to watch that. But here's this guy, and he's like, He's not even willing to lift up his eyes to heaven out of reverence. You see, I I believe today that, that because of what Jesus has done, we can lift up our eyes to heaven. We can praise God. We can be on our face. We can be on our knees. We can be standing, shouting, and praising. The point is, is your heart reverent and outside of pride and in humility? And that's the place where grace can be poured out. That's the place where a greater grace can be had. He says, I tell you this, this man who was reverent, he says he went to his house justified rather than the Pharisee who said, thank you that I'm not like these other men. Thank you that I'm so much better than them. And I, I want to just challenge you. I, just, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit saying this. You, you're li- right now you're listening to this story and you're probably not going, oh my gosh, that's me. You're probably going, yes, I would never do that. And do you realize that's on the edge of actually doing it? Yeah. Yes, I would never do that. That's it. It's like right, you're right on the, on the cusp of it right there. When you'd say, I'd never do that. When you realize I realized at one point that all it took for me, you know, people started looking up up to me for going after God and doing things. And what I realized was and then I'd see people with a lack of mercy like somebody'd mess up and they'd just be like, "Ah, oh, look at what they did." You know, and just they shouldn't do that. We got to, you know, kick them out of the church and and somebody's got to correct them and and uh and and I remember the Lord he said this to me. He said, do you realize that you were just one small decision from that? In other words, I remember one time I saw, I think it was in the news or something, some major minister had fallen. They had messed up and, and they, had, they had fallen out of, of grace, is what a lot of people say, which pretty accurate terms. And uh, so they had fallen away from that grace of God. And I remember reading that and just feeling awful. And I also remember thinking, God, why did he do that? That's going to hurt the church. Why did he do that? And the Lord said this, because that why did he do that is basically me saying, I would never do that. And the Lord said right there in that moment, he said, do you realize that you are one small deception from being that man? And, and right there in that moment, I thought, well, how can I be one small decision? That sounds so foreign to me. It's not even close to what I want to do. He said, it doesn't matter. What you do is you make one small deception back here, which leads to a, the next deception, which leads to the next deception, which leads to the next. And all of a sudden, you are that man. And it wasn't the one big deception. By you being over here, you see it as one big deception. It wasn't that it was the small one out of humility way back over here that said I can't be that man and I'm mad at that man for being there he says what you need to give that man is mercy and pray for him he said you've got to realize that it's my mercy and my mercy alone that you're not him now and I went oh and it changed my mind it changed my heart on mercy and forgiveness towards people because up till that point I would say I was pretty harsh because I you know Jesus he, if he got on to anybody it was it was religious leaders you know you if you're going to be a religious leader you're going to be teaching people things you got a responsibility and you need to take it seriously you don't need to be afraid of it but you do need to take it seriously and make wise decisions because as soon as you start doing that people are watching you They're watching you before that, but they're really watching you once you step into that. And if you don't want to be that person, it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not, but I would be harsh towards those leaders because I saw Jesus, you know, kind of get on to them some. But what I was missing was the compassion of Jesus that also wanted to see Nicodemus saved. wanted to see them come out of that. Nicodemus was the religious leader that came to Jesus at night. And said, started asking him questions. He probably could have been completely ridiculed out of the ministry that he was in. Yet he came to Jesus and Jesus wanted to give him the truth. And he talked with him and he, and he gave him the answers. And he, and he challenged him on something. That was the mercy of God. That was the heart of God. What's holding us out of being a complete hypocrite and falling out of the grace of God is God's mercy. It's his mercy. What separates you from that person that's evil is one small decision and the mercy of God. So you ought to praise God. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And when you see somebody mess up like that and do the wrong things, and trust me, I have seen people do the wrong things way too many times in the last six and a half years as a pastor. It happens all the time. I've seen it over and over and over again. And I have people that will ask, Brian, how can you be so patient with people? It's because I know I'm that same person, but the mercy of God. But one decision, I'm the same person. And if I was in that situation, what would I want? Mercy and grace. Recently I had a situation where somebody had messed up and it had really caused a problem in somebody else's life. And I was, I was counseling and talking to the people whose lives was kind of messed up because of the wrongdoing of somebody else. And I told them in the middle of it, I said, don't expect me to go and just blast the person who messed up. It's not going to happen. I said, I'll correct it when the Holy Spirit tells me to correct it. But what they need right now is they need love too. And the Lord knows the moment, and the Lord knows how, and the Lord knows the why. I've got to rely on Him to help me not just lift you back up who were affected by it, but lift the person back up who did it. I've got to be patient. And it may look like I'm not correcting what needs to be corrected. Oh, no, no, no. I'm correcting it. I'm just letting God show me how to do it in the wisest way and in the best time instead of just assuming that I'm the cleaner. I'm not the cleaner. The Holy Spirit is the cleaner. And without his leading, I step into his place under an anointing that I don't have. I've got to hear from him and move from him. But what I've got to understand, what I'm, my point in that is this, is mercy should be given on all fronts. Do you realize, do you, do you believe that God wanted to give mercy even to Judas? Do you believe that he wanted to give mercy even to Hitler? Because he did. It says he wished that none would perish. None. Because here's the thing. If he wasn't willing to give you know, mercy to Hitler and mercy to Judas, he's not willing to give it to you either. Because your sin's no different. You think it's bigger, but it's not. If it, anything that is sin separates you from God, and that's enough. And so if you don't understand the humility that says, God, I'm that same person. I'm guilty of the same. If I've transgressed against God, I have transgressed against God. doesn't matter the level of it. The human mind wants to say, well, this one's bigger than the other one. You've got to realize we're all in the same boat, messed up without Jesus, and I need your mercy. And I praise you. Thank you for being merciful to me, a sinner. And thank you now for being merciful to me as a son who needs a daddy. Who gets reverent. And is not going around saying, well, I'm on this level and they're on this level. And I'm I'm telling you, that is a temptation for a pastor to think like that. And the, the best thing I can tell you uh for that is this is I had uh er, early on, I guess it was second or third year as pastoring, I remember the Lord showing me this and oh man, I just I knew I'd gotten a hold of something when he showed me this and he said he said, You've got to remember he said, I want you to start seeing people the way that I see them. It's like, okay, well, what is that? And he said I see the end from the beginning. In other words, what you see right now may be somebody who's messing up, who's not making the right choices. But I see them all grown up in me and mature in Christ, covered by the blood. I see them as a victor and a conqueror for me. And we're not just talking about the end of an earthly life. We're talking about we got eternity to see this thing established. We're talking about somebody who goes out in the spiritual realm you know, eons from now, millions of years from now, who knows how to bring about the kingdom of God on planet Jupiter or wherever God has us doing stuff Amen. or right here on earth. But they walk into an area and they know what to do. And they beat back the forces of darkness in Jesus' name. And they establish the dominion of the kingdom of God. And that's who you are. You might not be right now, but you could be. But God said, I want you to start seeing them the way I see them. Because He doesn't see you with sin, He doesn't, because it's covered by the blood. He doesn't see you as messing up. He sees you under the mercy and grace of God. We're the ones who basically apply a lack of mercy to other things and a lack of mercy to people and see them as that. And that's what he was getting across to me. I want you to see the end from the beginning. I want you to see them as the life of God. I want you to see them as great and mighty children of God. I was like, amen. I want to see that too. <laughs> and I started with eyes of faith looking at people and seeing. That's who they are. That's who they are. That's who they are. This is a great and mighty warrior for God. These are kings and queens and priests of the Most High. And I started seeing that. And that changed me as a Pastor. But over a period of time, here's what I started seeing. A queen of God who wasn't acting like one. A warrior who cowered away from the battle. A priest who mixed the holy and the profane. Because that's what they were doing right now. And I started to get frustrated and diminished. And as big as that revelation was in the beginning, and it was awesome and it was right, I was getting frustrated with people because they weren't acting like who God saw them as. And so I started getting frustrated with them. And so about two years after that first one, a year or two after that first one, the Lord said this, I remember it was one Sunday morning, and um, I, I either stood up here or I was standing to the side, and, and I believe somebody was sitting on that back row close to where you're at, Randall. And, and, uh, but I remember they were on the back row, and the Lord said this to me. He says, I want you to see them as I see them, the end from the beginning, but I also don't want you to forget what they just came out of. In other words, he said this, and he added this on there. He said, because some people, just being here was a big accomplishment this morning. They're here and not hungover. They're here and they didn't go to the club. Or maybe they did go to the club last night, but they're still here. And they never would have done that two years ago. And so I had to balance the victory in Christ in the end with the mercy that he has for them at this moment. And that brought a balance to me and a mercy and a patience to deal with people that as a pastor, it really helped to, to settle me and have, have my feet on solid ground because it was hard to see them any other way. And so, yeah, when I see people do things, I'm like, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. But at the same time, man, they're here. They're getting it done. That's right. Praise God for them. I remember, and you know, we're talking about humility and and mercy and grace and not pride. And I can remember as a kid. This I think I've told this before, but maybe some of you haven't heard. It. I can remember as a kid, you know, going out and, and and I'd like hear this great message, and then I'd walk outside, and on the front porch of the church, all these guys would be lit up. <laughs> No, my, I'm like and my thoughts even as a kid was could you not wait till you got off the front porch you know <laughs> could you at least go around the side before you lit up your cigarettes you know and and that was my thinking you know and and I'm telling you that's a wrong thing wrong thinking should they honor the house of god yes they should should they be looking and believing god to put down you know anything that has a bondage on their life absolutely yes they should But should I be looking with eyes of judgment because what I was was the same Pharisee that said, thank you God for not making me a smoker. Well, that was as a kid. Well, guess what? I got hooked too. And then when we started the church, you know, sure enough, guess what? If you're reaching people and the church is growing, you're going to have smokers. Could you believe it? (laughs) You know what? Because they're, a big accomplishment is just being here right now. God will fix that. You Stop, stop feeling like you got to fix everything. You don't have to fix everything in everybody else's life. Fix you. Right now, fix your attitude. I remember I was stepping out here one day and somebody was out there smoking and everything and my, and my thought was, and this is a wrong thought, my thought was, Golly, I wish they wouldn't do that. And the Holy Spirit said this. Here's how wrong it was. He said, would you rather that they weren't here? And I went, no! You want your knife back? (laughs) And, uh, And I realized, here's what started happening. I started seeing people that still were operating in habits like that, and I started praising God for them. And that's the right heart. It wasn't that they shouldn't change. It wasn't that they shouldn't believe God to rise up to new levels. They absolutely should. But I should be praising God that they're here and not sitting at home. They're hungry enough for the things of God that they're going after him to grow and be who God's called them to be. And if they just keep on coming, just stay, just keep hearing the word, being around family that gives them accountability, guess what? They're going to come out of that. They're going to, the freedom of God's going to bring them, it's going to raise them up to places that they never thought was possible. Never thought was possible. Why? Because there's a people that's willing to get humble and allow grace of God to not just be in their lives, but to flow into others. The world needs the grace of God and we've got to get humble to the place where we're not trying to fix everybody but we're just allowing the love of God to pass through us and the Holy Spirit can do things you and I can try to talk people out of for years. He'll do it in a moment. He'll do it in a moment. You've got to learn to humble yourself to trust Him. Praise God for people that are growing. Praise God for that. Learn to have a humble attitude that says, yes, I see them as God sees them. But yes, I don't forget that this is a major accomplishment, just them being here. I don't forget where they're coming from. And I have mercy on them because just if it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, I'm the same person. I'm the same messed up person with the same issues. It's just the mercy and grace of God and continuing after Him that's led me to a place where I'm not operating in that anymore. But I still got stuff. Personally, I'm talking about me. I still got stuff I've got to give up right now. Matter of fact, the Lord just just, uh, convicted me of something two nights ago. He said, this is the time for you to do this. I've been drawing you to it. Now do it. Yes, sir, here it is. I hand over what I was doing wrong. And it wasn't even a, it wasn't something that was like horrid wrong. It was just, he, he basically offered me a choice. You can do it this way, or you can do it this way. I want you to do it this way, but you're not necessarily wrong doing it either way. It's your choice. And I said, all right, Lord, it's time for me to give up, what I thought I liked and give it to you and I take your way. I take your way. I humble myself to that. God has the best of things for you. He's got a greater grace. But it takes humility. It takes you being willing to be wrong. Knowing that I can't do this without God. I just want to open up right now. I just, I feel like we're supposed to pray and lift up anybody that just feels like, Lord, help me. Anybody that's saying, Lord, I need your help. If that's you, Lord, I need your help. I need your mercy right now. If that's you, just come on up and let's pray over you. If you're listening to the message and that's you, just you know raise your hand driving down the road, or raise your hand as you're listening on the radio, but you just need the help of God. In other words, you're taking on the same humility of this guy right here that says, God, I need your mercy right now. Be merciful to me, because I can't do this without you. If that's you, just say, Lord, that's me, and I receive it. Say, I receive your mercy right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Father, we receive. Lord, for people to step out of their seats in front of everybody and and to say, I need you, that's humility. And Lord, I just right now, I, I put a demand on your word and your promise for greater grace to be poured out In every life right now. May greater grace be in Jesus' name. May greater grace be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Greater grace be. May greater grace be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for strength and life. And life in abundance. Thank you for greater grace. Thank you for greater grace being in Jesus' name. Thank you for greater grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There you go. Thank you for greater grace. Thank you, Lord. And just receive it. While you're standing here, I might not have my hands on you, praying for you at this moment, but right now you can just be standing there just saying, Lord, I receive your greater grace. He's not just the God of me. He's your God. He's your Father. And He can touch you right there whether I put hands on you or not because He loves you. And just receive it. Just receive forgiveness. Lord, You you said if I will confess, You will forgive. You are faithful. You are just to forgive me. And Lord, if I humble myself, I need Your mercy. You will give it. And so right now, uh, by faith... By faith, not because you see it, not because you feel it. By faith, right now, I receive greater grace. By faith, I receive it. Say it, believe it. By faith, I receive the character and the nature of who you are. I receive it right now. I receive your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, I receive that. Greater grace be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. When I put my hands on you, this thing's over. You understand? Look at me. Look at me. When I put my hands on your chest, we receive freedom. Yes. Right? Yes. All right. Lord, we thank you for grace that's greater in every way and your anointing, Father, not brines, but the anointing of Christ that breaks every yoke and freedom be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your freedom and release. And we bind up anything that would come against anybody here or anybody listening. Be free in the name of Jesus. Leave them, leave their mind. Leave their life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for greater grace. Greater grace. Thank you, Father. Greater grace. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Calus de Perepinus or greater grace. There, there, to Greater grace. Habeas greater grace. Keep a I see like. Um, A ship would go through locks, but almost a set of locks that has a certain path to it that only one way would work. But there's a place that he's taken you and a place that he wants you to be. And right now he is by by his will, not even sometimes by your will, by his will he is taking you from one lock, To the next. The perfect path. The perfect way. He is healing. He is restoring. He is pouring out his grace. And he's moving you into his place. And that's a place where you can be excited about. Because it's all him. It's all him. And he loves you enough to help you see the next step. And the next step. And the next step. And one place to the next. To the next To the next. In the name of Jesus, be. Thank you, Father. Greater grace. In Jesus' name, be. Greater grace. Provision, healing, divine healing, be. In Jesus' name, I see life coming back. Life that you thought was lost. Maybe health that you thought was lost. I see all the sudden things coming back to different places. Life be in Jesus' name. Life be greater grace. Greater grace. Lord, bless these men. In the name of Jesus, may your blessing overflow and override. Bless these men. Thank you, Father, for a heart not to sit still, but to go after you. To say, you know what, I got stuff wrong, and I'm willing to see it change. For the glory of God be in Jesus' name. Greater grace. Greater grace. Greater grace. Greater grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All is well. All is well. In Jesus' name. All is well. Greater grace. Greater Mm -hmm. grace. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Yeah, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Clear out in Jesus' name. Clear out. Put your hand here. Clear out in Jesus' name. Clear out. Thank you for greater grace. Grace that is greater than bronchitis. Grace that is greater. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Y'all still standing? I'm still, you're drawing on me. Drawing on the Lord through me, I can feel it. Lord, greater grace be. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Humility says, we'll do whatever we need to do. Let's take whatever time we need to take. What we need is more of you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we receive you we praise you we thank you yeah thank you father you know i just i just this is what i see i see like this shell that the devil had you in right and it's like every time you come i see the lord just Peeling back a layer of that and peeling back a layer of that and peeling back a layer of that until all of a sudden he is going to be able to reveal inside of you that queen that God has said, that's who you were the whole time. That's the plans I had for you the whole time. He sees a queen. He sees a great and mighty lady of God in you. That's who you are. Amen. It may not feel like it sometimes. It may, not, it may not feel like it sometimes. There may be moments where the devil tries to tell you your other stuff. But he says, I see the end from the beginning. And as you, when you stepped into the door and you were obedient to keep on coming and keep on coming and keep on coming, it gave God the ability to pour out more grace and more grace and melt away the junk of the world so that you could become what he had in you the whole time. Amen. Amen. Greater grace be in Jesus' name. Greater grace. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you for your anointing. And breaking off the junk to reveal the beauty that you created, Father, inside. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just praise you. And we thank you. We give you the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we humble ourselves tonight to you. We humble ourselves to you. And as we humble ourselves, we step out of opposition and pride and we move into a grace that's greater. And we walk in that grace and we overflow in that grace. Lord, we don't have to be right in everything. Matter of fact, we probably are not. Matter of fact, we are not. Not know probably about it. We're not right about everything. But Lord, we humble ourselves to you. We walk in the best that we can and the best that we know right now continuing to grow in you and to mature in you and to walk in your humility so that grace will overflow not only in our lives but in the lives of people around us so that your grace can be poured out to more and more people because the kingdom is advanced through us. We receive you and we thank you In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Have a great night.